Welcome to Camp Hike Live, the podcast devoted to helping you learn, enjoy, and explore the great outdoors. Hello there, campers, and welcome to another episode of Camp Hike Live. I am your host, Christopher Hiller, and I am joined, as always, by the awesome, using your word, Nate Harrington. How are you doing, Nate? Oh, I am doing fantastic. Today is a great episode for me because it's something that I really learned a lot about when I was preparing for my through hike, and that is how to choose the proper pack for your outdoor adventure. So let's get right into it. So before we get started, Chris, is there anything new happening with you? You know, the season's starting to wind down. I'm starting to uh, perform my squirrel duties, which is, you know, <laughs> packing things away. That's filling most of my time. I did have a nice visit from the in-laws. They came on an unexpected visit, so we spent some good family time together, and uh, that's that's what's new with me. It's funny you say squirrel duties, and it reminds me, like, my squirrel duties are different because I live, like, back in the woods, and we have four black walnut trees that line our driveway, and they, they rain down so many nuts that my squirrel duties are bundling up the house so these little varmints don't carry the nuts in and start storing them in the house. In the wintertime, you can hear them in the, in the rafters and stuff. So, yeah, squirrel duties for me are a little different, and that is to deal with them as a nuisance, but... Yeah, it is that time of year and we're getting ready. But before winter sets in, we can get a little bit of fall hiking in or just getting outdoors. If you're thinking about packs, what style of packs do you have? Most of my packs are are 30 liter. For me, when I'm picking a pack out uh, for my limited hiking that I do, it's a size issue. So I try to get the size that's going to fit all the stuff I can think. Uh, I like my pack a little bulky, especially this time of year, so I can bring in maybe an extra sweatshirt or an extra puffy coat or something like that in case I need it. Because you get warm when you're hiking, you get cool when you're stopping. Uh, So that's what I'm looking for in a pack this time of year. But I'm sure with your extensive hiking that you've thought about every nuance of packs and what's important. Well, and I think you hit one of the the big questions, and I think it's the question that everybody really needs to answer, number one, and that is what size of a pack do you need? We've got, and maybe we get some time at the end of the episode, we could talk about some of the more odd variations on packs, like uh, an episode ago, we talked about canoeing and portaging portaging, you say portaging, portaging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and having a specific pack for that. So we can get into some more specialty packs, but right now we're going to talk about the hiking pack. And I think size is number one, and it all depends on really what you're going out to do. If you're going to do just a day hike, you know, your your limited gear, you're going to have a, a, a lot smaller pack. Now, I know you carry some some like day packs on your website. What size do the day packs normally come in? They range between 23 and 40 liter, typically the day packs. They're not as promoted as much as liter size as some of your hiking distance packs. They're more promoted for use. For example, they have this pocket or that pocket, or they can carry this cable or, or different things like that. That's how the day packs are more formed. When it comes to size and actually promoting them as a leader thing, that that's for your distance hiking. People that are, they're promoting it to people that are going to be hiking two or three days. Now, do you know why they refer to it as leaders? It's ne- I have always understood like that's how they they find the sizes and leaders. That doesn't make any sense. Leaders is like a liquid, like a, a volume of liquid. Why do they refer to the pack size as leaders? You're not putting any liquid in it anyways. I really, other than the fact that America is the only one that doesn't use leaders <laughs> consistently, it makes no sense. I, it makes I have no absolutely idea. no sense. Maybe I should reach out to my manufacturers and say, hey, 
I need an answer to this question. Right. There's a big board meeting at some point in time and someone's like, oh, I don't know. Let's stop arguing. It's leaders. We're going to use leaders. That's just what we're going to use. <laughs> they won the argument by endurance. That They outlasted the rest of them. <laughs> right, right. So what I like to do, and I suggest this to everybody, before you actually go out and buy a pack, find out, you know, whatever trip you're going on, find the gear that you're going to use first because that is going to determine the size. What a lot of people do, and it's a very common mistake, is that they go out and buy their pack first with some kind of preconceived notion of how much gear they're going to have. And a lot of times you end up buying a pack that is bigger than you need. And I, I'm guilty of it as well. If I get a pack and I fill it up with stuff, and it's still got some room, maybe I'll be like, well, but I, I could also fit my chest set now because I have extra room. And that's something that you don't really want to get yourself into is having to fill a pack. So it's better to get the gear first and then you know find out the size of the pack that you want to get. You know, one of the good things back before I had my, uh, my camping store and this was my life, we'll say it was just my passion. Mm -hmm. uh, it's still my passion, but before right. it was my life and making my income. Uh, I went into a little outfitter and what they had were sandbags there. And for me, it was all I wanted to make sure it fit with some weight on. Mm -hmm. So we'd put on all these different packs and they'd put a sandbag in the pack for it to fit. And for me, that felt like it was important. I wanted to make sure it wasn't crushing my kidneys and it was placed on my back, right? And they were putting the weight in there. Is that something you recommend I, or do you recommend, hey, why don't we get what we need first and then start worrying about the how it fits? This is my recommendation and people have laughed at me and I have literally done this. Take your gear directly to the outfitter. They, it sounds strange, but the guys there will not look at you that strange if you take in your gear and you say, all right, I'm going to pack. You can actually pack your gear into their pack and put it on. So it's acceptable to do that. Yes, the sandbags are very important. There's a good way to fit your pack. And without having weight in your pack, it's hard to actually find out if it will fit correctly. So you're right on with them using the sandbag. The reason why they do that is because it's simple. It's something easy to put weight inside of the pack, but you can actually bring along your own gear. That way you can put some weight into it. And then when you get to, and that's this is going to be tip number two for me, is go to a store to buy a pack. You know, yes, you can buy them online, but go to a store to at least try them on first. You can get a lot better deals oftentimes online. So I'm not suggesting that you don't buy them online. I'm suggesting actually physically putting the pack on first before you make purchases. At least go to the store and try on a bunch of different designs and a bunch of different styles of packs. Then you'll know, you know, what works for you and, and how certain packs fit in breaking your gear is you'll get weird looks from people, but you know, the people that actually work there will understand that you're actually bringing your gear to get a pack that fits what you're going to carry. So I have a question being, you have extensive hiking experience more so than I do. Are, are packs kind of like what I, what I use old tennis shoes? Like there's a certain variety and a certain brand and a certain model of tennis shoes that I just love. Well, every year they update them. So I go online and I search and I'm trying to find that one tennis shoe from the year of the model that I love. Mm -hmm. are, are you as affectionate about that as your packs? Like if your pack should break down or something should happen, are you looking for that same pack? It's true. This actually happens with hiking packs as well because as the models change, they change designs, they change pockets, they change things. And a good example is the Osprey Exos was a very popular pack back in 2015 when I was through hiking. It was a really nice, 
pack. Everybody liked it. It was very popular. Well, this last year, they updated the model. Uh, Osprey updated the model, and they got rid of, like, the hip belt pockets, and they moved some things around, and it just it was an uproar in the community because no one liked the changes that they made. And now the price of the old model has like skyrocketed because everybody wants it. And there's people like buying a couple of them to put them away because now they know that they don't like the new model. So yeah, for me, I'm not, I'm more into, I love to try things. I do have my old pack that I took on the through hike. That's like the tried and true. I take very good care of my gear. So tends to last a long time and there's a lot of repairs that can be made to make that pack last. So unlike tennis shoes that you're probably going to go through quite a bit, you know, quite a bit more with a pack, I think that mine will last a lifetime. So it is similar. Yep. I, I tend to find myself to be brand loyal. Like for example, I really like Gregory packs mm-hmm. and I've had a couple different styles of them and they've always worked for me. Um, but I'm willing to try other packs and I usually do. I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I have a store so I could pick it off the shelf and say, Oh, right. how does it feel? <laughs> but I tend to be brand loyal. Um, they haven't done me wrong and I have no reason to jump ship unless they give me a reason to. That's how I look at yeah, it. Yeah. And there's a couple ways to look at that for sure. One thing is Gregory is like, uh, the Cadillac of packs. I have never heard someone say that a Gregory was not like super, super comfortable. There's extra cushion where extra cushion needs to be. They fit really well. And if you're looking to carry a decent amount of weight, you almost can't go better than Gregory. And then there's certain certain brands have things like that. Like Gregory's very, very comfortable. Uh, Osprey has got the the best warranty. Like I've heard people say that they've, you could cut the straps right off an Osprey pack and videotape it and send it to them and they'd still replace it. Like they have this, this amazing warranty. So if you're looking for, you know, a different pack, you know, you look at these different brands, everyone's got their own little niche, you know. But uh, for me, it all, it all has to be, how it feels and how it actually fits. I would always suggest whether it's the right color, whether it's the right brand, whether it's even something that you like the looks of, it doesn't matter for me. It's how it actually fits and how how it carries. I think that's the most important. I think whatever you can put on your back and you get outside and use is the most important. <laughs> as long as you're out there doing it, that's what's important to me. I guess that's, that's right too, because you can get a hand-me-down that works 100%. And to that point, you can get used to just about anything. You being in the military, you understand the amount of weight that you guys throw into those packs and that aren't probably built near nearly as comfortable as these hiking packs, but you can carry 80 pounds and get your body will actually get accustomed to it and and used to it. So you hear people complaining about their 30 pound packs and it seems a bit silly at that point, but if you've got the money and the time, it makes sense to find the comfortable ones. Yeah. To to defend all the military folks out there, 80 pounds is the starting weight and we hike in boots. (laughs) (laughs) None of these trail runners in the army. They're, they're good old fashioned Mm. boots though. Well, and then here's a fun hot tip. Hot tip again. It is said that one pound on your feet is equal to 10 pounds on your back. So just just think about that for a minute, wearing those big old hiking boots. All right, so here's a couple things to think about when choosing your pack. Now that we've figured a size or, or so, are you an organized person? Actually, Christopher, are you an organized person? Is that something that you are really into? It is important to you to make sure you have everything right where you need it? I'm a flow person. It doesn't need to be right where I need it, but it needs to get in and out of there rapidly. Okay. That's another way to think about it. So, and that that could actually be done in the way that you pack the pack as opposed to how many pockets it has. Because you'll see packs that have 
20 different pockets and all these little stowaway things. For me, that's not important at all. I have a, an ultralight pack that is just a tube. There's like, there's some hip pockets, but really it's just a tube and it's all in how you pack it and in the order in which things go in. If I'm on a hiking trail and you ask me, where is a certain piece of gear? I'll tell you exactly where it is. It may not be the easiest to get to, and it's not in its own individual pocket, but I do know where it is. And for me, that's what's important. But that can be a determining factor for people in choosing a pack is if you want to be really, really organized, certain packs don't offer the ability in the in the different pockets and stuff. Yeah, access for me is what's important. Like, for example, uh, I like a, a zipper on the bottom of my pack so I can get mm-hmm. to, and that's where I like to put my, like, sleeping pad or my uh, sleep system so I can, I don't have to tear my whole pack out and throw it all over the yard just to get to a sleeping thing if I'm going to cowboy camp or if I'm just going to sleep in a shelter or something like that. So for me, it's access. I like, I like uh, packs that have access points at any point or any place during the the hike so who knows what i'm going to need when and i want to be able to get it and get out fast right and then like i said i've got a the one pack is more like a tube and it's all accessible from the top but i also have another pack that you can access from the top it has a bottom zip like you're saying and then it also has a side zip so it's just one pocket to put your stuff in but you have multiple entrances that can allow you to get to gear at different times. So that's really cool. I actually used my bottom pouch for my tent because I was able to put everything in my pack in a in a liner, like a trash compactor bag liner. And then I'd throw the tent at the bottom so that everything could stay dry at the top. And then when I got to camp, if I needed to, if it was raining or something, I can still pull everything out without exposing the rest of my dry stuff. That was one of my biggest errors in my hiking adventures that I took is, just like you said, I used a trash compactor bag as a liner for my pack because it was a little wet that day. It was like one of those misty days. It wasn't really raining, but it was kind of like you walk, you get wet, everything's kind of damp. Mm-hmm. So I put that trash bag in there and I packed it all in there. And then I get to my first stop and I zip open the bottom. I'm like, oh, I got to unpack everything anyway because I just put it all in one bag. So it was a big error. Yep. Lesson learned moving forward. <laughs> and that's a, a crucial uh, tip for everybody out there. You know, once you have decided on your pack, just like our uh, recent episode, we did one on picking a tent or pitching a tent is the practice part of it. You know, if you would have actually maybe practiced that at home, filled it up and been like, all right, I'm walking around my living room, got to get my tent out. Oh, crap, I can't, you know, everything's packed away. So a little bit of that is, you know, practice makes perfect. That's probably where I screwed up. I probably repacked it five or six times and didn't even think, oh, I got to get stuff out as I use it. Oh, well, it fits, it fits. (laughs) (laughs) There there is a certain pocket on a pack called the brain. (laughs) Say what? A lot of people refer to the pocket or the top of the pack that is a, is an extra bag. Sometimes it can be detached and worn around your midsection as like a day pack as the brain. I don't know if that is a, a the actual term for it, but that's what we always called it. And something like that, I think, can be very useful for having diversity in your hike and being able to kind of do some spontaneous things. If you get to a you know a side trail that says there's a a half a mile up, there's a waterfall. You know, you can actually just maybe set your bigger pack down and detach that and take, you know, a lunch up to the waterfall. Or if you have a base camp, you can do come day hikes out of it. So it gives some versatility to your pack. So that's another thing to look for when picking your pack is 
how versatile it is. Yeah, I like to use that section for my rapid use items. For example, my my resupply of like almonds or something, mm-hmm. or even my charger I clip up in there. Uh, first aid kit, band-aids, different things like that. That's what I like to use for my brain. But, but yeah, it's a, it's a versatile thing and it's a whole different section that stays attached. Right. And along with that, you can have packs that have hip belt pockets. And here's a, a real good tip for people. And I, it's oftentimes it's hard for me when I'm talking to people, especially really new people to the outdoors and hiking where they may not realize, you know, how important hip belts are when you're talking a heavier pack. If you've got a pack that's any more than 20 or 30 pounds, hip belts can really make that pack more comfortable. So if you're looking to exceed that weight of 20 or 30 pounds, you may want to gravitate. Yeah, that's right. Towards uh, a pack that has hip belts. It allows you to fit the pack on you and less of the weight is actually on your shoulders and more of the weight is on your hips and uh, the stronger portion of your body. Today's episode is brought to you by Come see Camper Chris He's got all you need A camping guru, outdoor buff Your expert on stuff He's also camping out In social media So come see Camper Chris Another feature that I really like about packs that I've had over the years is straps attached to it. So I can add a carabiner, whether it be a water bottle, whether it be, I have, I like uh, my charge chargers, recharge things. I like carabiners that I can strap. In order to do that, it's usually a strap that's attached to the pack of some sort that I like to utilize. Uh, I tend to overpack on the outside of my pack, if that makes any sense. I'm the same way. I've got dangling everywhere and I, I look very unorganized, but hey, that's just, I like that. It, it keeps the bears <laughs> away. I like to say, the more you're jingling, the, the, the safer you are. Yes, right on. <laughs> so when choosing your pack, if you've got a good idea of what you want, another thing to really consider is all packs, or at least most of your hiking packs, are going to come with a weight rating. Basically, how much weight I can put in this and have the pack still perform the way that you want it to perform. I always suggest getting a pack where the weight rating is higher than the weight you plan on putting in it. Because those that weight rating is really there not only for a comfort factor, but for a stress test on the pack itself. If you're putting more weight into the pack than it is meant to hold, the pack is going to break down. The stitching is going to come undone. Uh, it, it's not meant to hold that and is also not going to be comfortable. So if you're putting more weight in that, maybe the the shoulder straps are not padded uh, well enough and the having extra weight in it is going to you know, dig into your shoulders and be uncomfortable. So be very wary of that weight rating because a lot of packs are big enough to carry a lot of weight but may not be rated to carry that much weight. Uh, when you started your hiking adventure or your hiking series, were you very keen on what your gear weighed? You talked about earlier that you'd like to bring your gear into the store and actually pack it into the pack. Do you know what that weight is typically beforehand? Do you have it all written down? Or is it kind of like you want to put it all in the pack and weigh it with the pack as well? What what kind of ways do you find out about that weight? You know, at first we were so money conscious that weight wasn't a thing. Because if you get into hiking and at least distance hiking where weight is more crucial, Uh, you'll notice that the more money you want to spend, the lighter you can be. And for us, we didn't have the money to spend, so we knew we weren't going to be light. So we would normally just kind of take the stuff that we needed, put it into a pack, and weigh it. And it was the whole pack that we weighed. 
Now, fast forward a couple of years, and I'm a little bit more into the light hiking, uh, distance hiking side of it. I weigh my stuff individually with a digital scale, and I have a spreadsheet, and I line it all up, and I know how much everything weighs, and I know that if I substitute A with B, I can cut a little bit of weight, and maybe this time I don't take my puffer, and I, I use a fleece jacket, or, you know, it's like I can... I can change it uh, on the fly now, and I kind of have everything documented and how much it weighs. But at first, I wasn't worried about that because, well, if you, if you don't have the money to spend, a lot of times you're not really going to have the light gear. So picking your pack, you you stuck with the, hey, when I'm choosing a pack, it needs to fit my gear, and you didn't worry so much about how much your gear weighed or you worried about how much the whole thing weighed uh, as far as your pack goes. Right. First, it was I wanted the pack to actually hold my gear without having a lot of extra room, and that's why I suggest to people to actually take your gear to the store and pack it away because what happens when you have dead space, quote unquote dead space, quote fingers, they can't see it, they're listening, but the pack will actually move side to side. And for long distance, if you have a pack that tends to move around, it's going to give you hot spots and sore spots. It's going to chafe, maybe give you blisters. So you want your pack to be very secure and better that it's very full and tight than loose and with dead space. Now, a lot of packs come with, and another good tip to have is compression straps or bungees that allow you to compress the contents of your pack and keep it very tight so that it's not moving around. But I guess to get back to your question, it was the gear to fit the pack first. And then as long as the weight was under the weight rating, I didn't worry about weight at that point. Sounds like some good tips. Do you have any any others when you're choosing a pack? What's the next most important thing? Well, in my opinion, especially if you're if you're going to be kind of like a diehard like me, where you're doing a lot of hiking, the pack is not the place to skimp on the money. Uh, there's a lot of places that we can find to save money, but when it comes down to it, the pack is one of the things that you really should look for quality before you look for that price savings. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about Gregory, you know, your Osprey packs. If you want to go ultralight, there's some new ultralight companies, Z packs. Hyperlite Mountain Gear, you know, but all these packs tend to be on the higher end. You're going to be three hundred to five, six hundred dollars for these packs, but it is a price that you should be willing to pay if you want it to last. My Osprey has a lifetime warranty and will last my lifetime. If you skimp on the price now, you're probably going to end up having to replace it later. So when you're comparing the price as opposed to durability, is there a point where you have to make that decision? Or can you find them where where the price and the durability are at a point that's comfortable to start hiking in? Yes, I do believe that there is the entry level. But in my opinion, I would rather not buy an entry level pack and knowing that I'm going to have to replace it. And it also, it depends on how much hiking you plan on doing. But for me, I knew that I loved what I was getting into and I knew it was going to be something that I'd always wanted to do. So to spend the extra money on a pack with a lifetime warranty, knowing that at any point in time I could get it replaced, that was very important to me. And Osprey offers the lifetime warranty because they make really quality gear. So I guess if my suggestion would be, if you're looking at that pack that's $60, or $80, that's probably not a great starting place because the quality won't be there. You know, with a pack, you're going to end up spending a couple hundred dollars and it's going to be worth it. 
So to bring this back around to how we started the conversation, what are some of the odd variations that you like on your pack? I, <laughs> I wrote it down because I want to make sure we get to it. I, I, I'm curious as to, you've done hundreds and thousands of miles of hiking. What are some, some odd variations that you've either found interesting or, or that you think are a necessity? I, one thing I find interesting, and I think you've had more experience than me, is packs with an external frame. They're, they're an older style pack, but... For me, I kind of giggle when I see one because I don't see a reason for them. But you may you may have a reason for that external pack. Like, what, what do you see the, the value in having the frame on the outside? Well, for example, in the military, we, we have an external frame pack. Our, our main um, pack, our rucksack, is an external frame. And it, it keeps it sturdy. It's durable. It's able to take a beating. It's able to take a fall. You can strap it to different items, whether it's the side of a truck, whether it's, whether it's something. You can strap it, and it's, it's really used as a piece of gear that is designed to be used, if that makes any sense. Like, okay. <laughs> even if it's not on your body, it may be thrown thrown from a, a distance. It may do it. So that part of the external frames from the military standpoint is, is a necessity just for what we do. Uh, as far as hiking goes, uh, hiking for me, what I like about it is it helps you adjust where the weight is on your body and you don't have to repack your pack like you were talking with your internal frames. Okay. You on your pack, you can adjust that and add straps in different ways to that out external frame to move that weight around to make it comfortable. That's one of the things that I find interesting. Um, as far as canoeing, which we had a couple episodes that were, I, I'm a little bit more familiar with canoeing and canoe packing and canoe trips with the portage packs that we have. Say what? Portage pack is a pack that's designed out of canvas that is much larger and is to hold volume and different size of gear. So that's what the portage packs are for. But with those kind of things, it's really about the quality of the material. It's made out of a canvas. It's able to take a rough and tumble. It's able to be scraped. It's able to get wet. It's pretty water resistant. So that that's one of the things with the portage packs that we have. I, I love it because the information that we bring on this podcast is great, but I just want the, the listeners to know right now, the say what segments on here was something that we just stumbled upon. But just so you know, we have a pre-recorded sound. You just heard it. But we also say it when we're recording. We also go, all right, the portage pack. Say what? You know, we do that. And it makes me want to laugh. There's a little insight into the, the making of this podcast. <laughs> um, here's another style of pack that I'm seeing a lot more. And this is more towards the, the long distance hiking. And that is packs with zero framework. They are basically just a tube, just a sack with very thin straps on them, weighing easily under a pound. And it's for these ultralight hikers. Here's a disclaimer for anybody getting into hiking. If you're watching YouTube videos, well, first go to Between the Blazes on YouTube. That's my channel. It's very fantastic. But if you're watching YouTube videos, you're going to see a lot about ultralight hiking and know that it is not an entry level thing. Uh, you're not just going to jump right out there and get into ultralight hiking. The gear becomes very expensive. And if you're not, again, with a pack rating, if you're not light enough for those packs, they're going to be very, very uncomfortable. These things are just thin material that you're putting a lot of times less than 10 pounds in. You know, base weight, which is weight without your food and water of like six or eight pounds. You're not going to get that right off the gate. So, yes, it's something you can work towards, but I would hesitate to jump right into ultralight backpacks. I think the simple explanation of ultralight backpacking would be it's not hiking 101. 
it's more hiking 305. Yeah. So oh, roughly you, entry there. level 101, you, you learn a little bit more and you start to get things light. And then by the time you're in the ultralight, you're about your 300 level course. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, I think we have covered a decent amount about picking a pack. You know, let us know how we did. I think that uh, if you have any other questions, you can head on over to our Facebook group. That's Camp Hike Live Forum, I believe is the name of it now. And ask us questions. We love to answer your questions. But with that, I think we're going to call this episode an end. And I think, Christopher, you've got a quote for us. I do have a quote. I would gladly live out of a backpack if it meant I could see the world. Until next time. Bye-bye. If you like what you have heard today and you want to hear more from us about camping, hiking, and living the outdoor life, we ask that you subscribe to our podcast, share it with your friends, and help us to keep coming to you. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do that on Facebook. Search Camp Hike Live Forum.